All human thought, all science, all religion is the holding of a candle to the holiest father's Are we here because we gaze at the stars, or do we gaze at the most possible here, pointless from When the stars were right, back, they could plunge from the world to the world, the sky. When the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you are playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsarewrite.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today we will be playing session 28 of The Children of Fear, written by Lynn Hardy and Friends and published by Chaosium. Who are you playing and how are you today? How? I'm playing Dr. Eudora Lockhart and I want to know more about this farm. Brayden. Hey, I'm playing Frederick Kingsley Ward and I'm a little offended you thought I was friends with the Stegosaurus jellyfish. <laughs> Noxicals. I'm playing Timur Stepanovich Rapin and I am peeling off my skin as we speak. And Lydia. Hi, I'm playing Hasina Moes, suffering secondhand cringe at watching Eudora's attempt at greeting the new guy. And I'm Fedra, your keeper for the day, and I'm excited to have exchanged one mustachioed man for another. How? Tell us what happened last time. Eudora, finding the would-be murderer has already disappeared into her house, dashes back to find Hasina and Timur diluting the poison by choking down handfuls of snow. Electing to flee while they still have their lives, our heroes first raid the old woman's pantry and furiously undo the repairs they've made around the house. Once clear of the village, their nights are haunted by more nightmares and their days by suspicions and paranoia. Hasina confides that among the ritual herbs she has seen Tenzin collect was Indian thorn apple, known to be hallucinogenic at best and fatal at worst. The party journeys on through an atmosphere of thickening suspicion, catching occasional snatches of music and scents of delicious foodstuffs in the night eerie reminders of the Dakinis they so narrowly escaped. During a jungle storm, the ritual bowls let out an unnatural hum, and Hasina spots a glowing presence between the trees. Three large white apes reveal themselves, perhaps a mystical emissary sent to lead them to the promised valley. Eudora begins to offer them a peach, but Timur's sharp eyes spot something amiss. They're not apes at all. In a trice, the disguises come off and the apparitions reveal themselves to be winged, tentacled alien horrors. The trio launch themselves at Timur, latching onto the backpack containing the humming bowls and nearly dragging him away with it. Having got what they want, the insect-like beings buzz off over the canopy with the party in hot pursuit. They lead our heroes to a hidden valley where the apparently intelligent thieves seem to be living on a farm. They converse around a strange contraption of poles and wires, which comes to life with arcs of electricity once they connect the bowls to it. They disappear indoors, leaving the device unguarded and our group contemplating their approach. Before they can make a move, however, a new challenger approaches. An unknown man wanders up to the farmstead, regards the machine, and gives it a wallop with the butt of his gun. The alien things emerge and attack, and our heroes hasten to lend aid. The man misses his shot, shattering one of the precious bowls rather than an insectoid skull. Timur fires twice and takes out two foes in short order, though the last one makes its escape. 
the new arrival, wiping alien brain matter from his moustache, introduces himself as Frederick Kingsley Ward. Why don't we continue the conversation you had, introducing yourselves in this bizarre farm <laughs> slash laboratory you find yourselves in? Um, Eudora takes a step back uh, and flushes <laughs> and maybe doesn't say anything for a while. And now that um, Frederick has cleared up some of the goo from his face, you feel like maybe his visage is familiar, almost like he was there in the paintings you saw back in the day on the walls. And Tenzin says, hmm. And nothing else. So you can keep chatting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well spoken, yeah, Tenzin. There were figures in those paintings on the wall back in the cave, which yeah. were not us, right? If I yeah. strain my my tiny brain back, can I recognise this chap from those paintings? Yeah, it feels familiar. Hasina wasn't with you at that point, so this is all new to her. Yeah, but you also recognise Hasina from there. Yes. During this long and awkward pause that we're all kind of standing in front of each other, <laughs> Frederick's just going to turn around and begin inspecting the plants. Are you going to the plants in the fields, or are you trying to touch the balls again? Far more interested in the plants in the fields. When he turns around, Timur's going to sort of gently look down the back of his shirt collar and see if he can see any seams or buttons or zips or anything. <laughs> Tries to pull his moustache. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Roll me um, at the biology botany or natural world as you inspect the plants around. Everyone else, you see that the man has vaguely wandered off. <laughs> In character, I'm offended, but uh, in in player, I'm excited to finally have a botanist on side. No, I fail. You do not recognize these plants. It's very confusing. And exciting. I'll begin gathering them. Small samples of each. Uh, yes, uh, what did you say your names were? And he just shout over his shoulder as he's collecting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me, I'm just collecting these flower, these flower samples. Your hands start feeling itchy as you touch them. Oh, no. Yeah, joy. <laughs> you'd think that you'd be more careful. <laughs> He'll stand up and just look at his hands, brush them, and then turn back to face the party. Is, uh, is that swelling in your hands anything to be concerned about? Mm, probably not. We'll see soon. Uh, <laughs> Interesting uh, group of you here. Um, what exactly are you doing here? Well, just a moment. I think we need to get to ask you that. Uh, we, 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 these are our bowls. And those creatures, did you know them? You looked as though you knew them. Knew them? You not see me turn around and see the creature for the first time? We saw you stroll happily across the... Is this your farm? No. Is this your machine? Is this your house, sir? I do not live here. I'm merely travelling through. I was looking for someone and happened upon this lovely farm. Uh, how did you happen upon this place is something I'm curious about. Is he covered in backpacks? He's got a backpack on. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's got a backpack. He's not covered in them. Like sufficient to be trekking through the jungle by himself. No. <laughs> Dora's just like got her hands clasped to her temples. She's like losing her mind. <laughs> Nothing. This doesn't make any sense. Timur will sort of look confused and concerned and then say, we are both finding ourselves in an unusual situation here in the middle of the jungle. I would suggest that a certain degree of honesty was in order. Would you not agree? He'll squint at you, looking up a lot as he's only like five foot three. (laughs) (laughs) Small man, but fierce. Oh, good. I get to be Big Spoon if we share a tent. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll say, yes, I agree. You do not have enough equipment to have traveled here on your own. You have perhaps lost your companions in one meaning of the word or another. I was looking for a man who'd been funding an expedition for me uh, here in Tibet. And a few days ago, I'd lost him. I went out searching for some plants and flowers, and when I returned to the camp, he and the rest of the caravan were missing. How many people? It was about eight of us. Myself, the man that I was talking of, and the rest of our Tibetan guides. How far away was this camp? Could you lead us there? Most definitely. A couple of days. Who was the man? Anyone we'd know? Are you aware of the uh, fifth Earl of Cordor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I'm only familiar with the fourth Earl of Cordor. <laughs> we haven't met. Well, that's his father, so... Uh, I don't know. Might I be? Can I read this... history of some nonsense? I guess is she into, like, British aristocracy? <laughs> To be fair, no. I think her her father was an industrialist, so very much new money. You probably know I know of Earls. <laughs> and of Cordor potentially. Okay, well, this guy isn't like a famous archaeologist or something. No. Me. Okay. No. Or, or the or they, oh, no. Neither of you would have been on the front cover of Archaeologist Weekly. <laughs> no. Did you know who has been on the front cover of Archaeologist <laughs> Weekly? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Langdon Warner. <laughs> no, we hate him. <laughs> he started all this, you know. He did, Dan. And now where is he? Nowhere. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's been killed by angry locals. Oh yeah, who knows? We can only hope, yeah. <laughs> Given how many times this almost happened to us. They were the last ones to go to the, the town with the snake. Mm. I don't wish to be to disappoint you, but this is not an easy land to be lost in. If your companions are vanished, I would not hold out much hope. Believe me, I am well aware. This is my fourth time visiting Tibet. Then you know the area. Quite well, actually, yes. I have been uh, mapping it, you see. This specific area? Uh, Not this one. Well, it was rather different last time I came through here. There is an area about... 18 square kilometers that I have not trekked through yet, but yes, I know this area well. Have you seen any white apes in your journeys? Lovely creatures. Keep their distance, though. How many expeditions have you lost? <laughs> well, this is the first. Okay, that's really... I mean, I mean, I'm terribly sorry to hear it, obviously. That would have been even more impressive if he had managed to, like, survive by himself every time. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> his MO, like, he's wandered <laughs> off in search of flowers every time and always returned to an empty cab. Like, oh, well, back to the drawing board. I do say we're in rather a interesting position here. Uh, don't mind me asking, what exactly are you all doing in Tibet? 
It's an extremely long story. Mm, I hate those. Uh, what is the shortened version? <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to save the world. We're. Uh, um, are you a are you a religious man, Mister King? This is Ward. Shakes his head. <laughs> right. Um, superstitious at all? Mm, not at all. All right. Um, let's just say. We've gotten embroiled in such. Gosh. How- uh, not to rush anyone, but uh, we are in the middle of uh, a, a camp uh, with some not very friendly creatures, and we have to get these balls and, and keep moving. Uh, time is uh, working against us. Uh, perhaps, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ward, please. Mr. Ward would uh, be willing to follow us. Uh, out of this place and we can perhaps talk about everything on the way. We are going into the deepest parts of this area and you might be interested in observing or perhaps helping us out. Uh, he seems to be alone after all and have, has lost hope in finding his expedition so it's probably the safest way for all of us. Shall we focus on uh, retrieving these balls and leaving before perhaps they return with stronger reinforcements? Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. Uh, I am in need of some security. Does anybody have any idea how to retrieve the balls from this contraption? You can use mechanical or electrical engineering. Oh no. Really? Can we not just knock them out with a stick? Nope. Oh good. Skills I do not have. Uh... There are six of them. (laughs) Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh yeah, brilliant, great. I just had the phantom memory of trying to uh, fix a projector eons ago, back in episode one. <laughs> because you've got 20% in mechanical repair, is that right? How do you remember that? Yeah, well done. I thought it was because a lot higher. Because you had double bass and everybody else had just sing- just bass. Bravo. So yeah, I-, I got a solid 20%. Anyone got a better odds than that of uh, not frying themselves? I'll check Shen Chu, but I suspect not. <laughs> no. Jolly good. Uh, Mr. Ward, I don't suppose you're mechanically inclined. Uh, no. Sorry. All right, well, uh, uh st- step back, I should, you fellows. Um, this, I I don't know what this does, but I am, I'm going to poke it. Be careful. <laughs> oh, yes. I did already poke it with my shotgun. Nothing happened. Uh, well, we need those bowls, you see. You see the way they waving these wires and things around? I don't know what's in They're making soup? It's bizarre. But we need them out. Uh, undamaged, if at all possible. So I'm just going to, uh, ah, yes, I'm just going to grab this stick here and could be live current, you see, very important. Um, <laughs> just going to poke this bit here and that's a 49. Would you like to push it? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> oh my I, lord. Is this to retrieve one bowl? Am I going to have to do this six times or can if I like you, deactivate the machine? If you pass, you can learn how to deactivate the machine. Okay, because I'd love to like, you know, remove it from its power source or whatever. I'm looking for a battery or something. Oh boy. 76. You experience a nasty shock. Ah! Electricity coursing through you very painfully because that's a failed push roll. 1d10 damage, please. Oh no. Oh my and god. This is it's been nice knowing you guys. I have got 10 hit points. Oh no. Just don't roll 10. Uh, that's a 9. <gasps> oh my god. Also, roll me constitution, <gasps> please. You oh. don't. Hey. Uh, that's a 10, thank goodness. So that's an extreme, actually. Okay. 
uh, you stay awake. Okay. But, but very unwell. I look like a Looney Tunes character. Yeah, your skin is blackened. You, yeah, you probably forget how to speak for a while. I, yeah, I, I just... Possible, like, yeah, long-term consequences. We'll see how it goes. One HP. And uh, that's a major wound. Yeah. Oh, God. Whoops. Step Maybe shouldn't have pushed that. Uh, I step back, mouthing wordlessly, and uh, collapse backwards. Yeah, you probably can't step very much. You're more can like I, can I take a look with first aid? I think I'm the best first aider. Yeah, yeah I don't have ahead. any. Just base. And roll the dice. I can actually read. No, that's a ninety-eight. Oh! Did you fumble the first aid? <laughs> I don't know. It's fifty-five. Is that oh. a fumble? Oh, good, good, good. Go oh, no, because you would have killed her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have not fumbled the first aid. No. <laughs> I've just failed it miserably. Uh, this is uh, the swings and roundabouts of my dice rolling, people. Mm. I've mm -hmm. only got base, but I'm happy to try. But then again, at one hit point, I don't know if it's worth oh, taking. Oh, but I'm going hit. to say that you did manage to grab the ball as you fell down. Oh, it pulls so it with me. Oh, I got. I retrieved one ball there. Yeah, five to go. Oh my <laughs> god! How many of these balls do we require, Tenzin? <laughs> because we only have one Eudora. <laughs> Did I splash the soup that was in the bowl all over myself? <laughs> oh, no. Just checking. How cyclical is this? How corrosive is the soup? No, it just gives you like a skin rash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like shaking. Uh... Keeper. Yep. Can uh, I roll a luck roll to see if I have a specific kind of plant on me or around me? Yeah. Okay. On uh, you, most luck. likely. My luck is 63. An anti-electrocution plant. It depends on how specific hey, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a anti... Rash. It's, it's Yeah, it's like rash, inflammatory, all sorts. It's called Rhodiola rosea, and it's native to Tibet. Very nice. Oh, how much research did you do for this character? <laughs> That's amazing. He's been mapping out this area of Tibet. <laughs> yeah. For four expeditions. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, he'll pull some out of his bag and begin like cutting the roots off and then uh, try to find some water to begin like boiling a tea or something like that. Water and fire. She this irresponsible all the time. He'll say out loud and begin making tea. <laughs> Rude but accurate. Uh, They're going to get on, aren't they? I can tell. I love this guy. <laughs> I do too. Oh, Eudora. What's Tenzin doing? Oh, she's muttering something about the plants in the bowl being magical. Hmm. Is that a good thing? What sort of magical? What for? They are magical herbs written about in various terms describing Pemacor, but uh, they mostly have negative effects, unfortunately. So this was some kind of aggressive magic they hope to do? Were they trying to make the plants more powerful somehow? It's impossible to tell. Attempting to turn off the machine didn't work. Is it worth... I don't know, literally trying to pull a bowl out with a stick? I thought that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> I thought you were trying to, I I to sort of like remove some wires or something. Oh, I was trying to though. power down the machine, I guess. Yeah, yeah. okay. You know, could we just stick a stick in there and yank it out and, you know, see if they all pop out? <laughs> just 
throw something at them like a coconut shy. I don't think we want to break anymore. Unfortunately. Make it as fun as possible for yourselves there. If you poke them, like, you know that you've already seen Frederick try to, like, turn off the machine with the butt of his gun. And if you push it with a stick, you'll notice that uh, it doesn't move. It's almost as if it's been, like, you know, like, quite held down. So you have to pull it with some force. But the bowls are the bowls are like in an aperture in the front, or are they like behind an oven door essentially? <laughs> no, yeah, they're, they're open. You can you can grab them, but you can't push them away. If I had like a walking stick, essentially, could I like yoink them out? You could, but you would risk breaking them. So, if we pile up like soft leaves. Now you're talking. And spare clothes in front of the oven, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> and then we try and fashion a rudimentary hooked stick. Could we fish them out one at a time and hope that they land without breaking on the soft, soft leaves? Very soft. Have I mentioned how soft the leaves are? Or shall we look inside the shack and see if there's anything in there which gives us a clue of how to turn off this machine? See, that's a very sensible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. In the meantime, Tenzin has kind of knelt over a Eudora and seems to be repeating a short phrase of some sort. He also takes out something from his pocket and is uh, anointing her with it. So Tenzin is anointing me? Yeah, and repeating a short phrase. Okay, that sounds very promising. I, uh, I lie still. <laughs> <laughs> Anoint me, Tenzin. Anoint me! <laughs> Uh, sorry, could you could you repeat the plan about the balls? Sorry. Maybe we should have a look inside the shack and see if there's something in there that can tell us what this machine is or how to turn it off. Looking around, you see that the contra contraption doesn't lead into the house. It seems to be self-generating. Interesting. Hmm. These bowls really are precious to you, aren't they? I am not entirely kidding when I say the fate of the world may depend on these bowls. Well... I'm beat. Yeah, uh, strange lady. Uh, you, Dora. Here's the tea. It should help with some of the swelling. She is being uh, anointed at the moment, so she's not able to pay a lot of attention to you. She's initially also very suspicious of any kind of hot liquid in a receptacle. <laughs> she shies away. I'll just put it down in a cup next to your head and then walk away. <laughs> you apply it by pouring it all over your legs, dear heart. Yeah, now this I know how to do. She has experience in these matters. She looks up and says, we need one ball for each of us. That means we need six of them. Well, that's every ball. And that's how many there are left. In which case, we check quickly in the buildings in case there is anything of use. But unless anybody has a better idea, we... I guess we can try the hooking the balls out onto something soft. Yes. You do a nod sweetly. I think that's the best way through this. So, building checking montage. Is there a handy walking stick or giant red button that says off or... A mysterious octopus-headed cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the balls are all connected with a lightning rig. Um, oh, hence the electrocution. That's what Eudora vaguely tried to deactivate. So I suppose you could try to destroy the lightning rig. There's nothing attached inside the house. In fact, the building is oddly empty. Except for some white monkey suits. Yeah. <laughs> Can we shoot the lightning rig? 
Yes, you can try. It's quite um, thin, and it's up, so it would take a panel to die. So it's so the actual so the lightning is coming from something like high above the main oven. Yeah. I don't have the greatest shotgun, so please, anyone else. I think the best shot with a with a rifle shotgun is probably Eudora, isn't it? Oh no, she, and actually no, she's fifty five, and I'm fifty six now after a, after an advance in a previous. Are you? Oh, well done. Well, take it away then. I mean, I'm I'm best with the handgun, but I don't think that's the tool for the job, is it? Not for wholesale destruction. Uh, Eudora will proffer uh, Purdy weekly from the ground. A shotgun and rifle always the same? Yes. Well, they're the same stat, but the shotgun does more damage at close range. So if you wanted to properly smash... I'm just checking, because my character sheet has shotgun listed separately for some reason, and it's a different number. Well, that might just be a might just be a mistake on my part. Yeah. Okay. I'll. How many bullets do you have left for Purdy? Because I don't want to waste everything. Uh, Purdy has got seven rounds left. Crikey! Okay. Right. Each one of those at point blank does four d six. Wow. I'm not yeah. point blank. But how how high up is the Grafenberg generator? Sorry, four d six within ten feet. So I'm guessing you're fine. Okay. Ten yards. So like over. Oh, well done. It's not even feet yards. Nice. So can I um, can I take some time to line up the shot and sort of yeah. essentially use the aim action to to counteract that penalty die? Yeah. Okay. Then that's what I'll do. I'll line it up, set Purdy against my shoulder, and try and hit it. Fifty six. Come on. Nope. That's an eighty seven. <laughs> oh, no, the shot goes wide. Oh, and down to six bullets. You are. Yep. Gonna I, uh, I need to get my eye in. Apologies. I'll uh, I'll try again. You can do this, Timor. It's smaller than it looks. <laughs> again. Come on. That's a seventy-four. Oh, the other side. Pew, I, pew. Over- I overcorrected. <laughs> Would anyone else care to have a go, or should I try a third time? Uh. Frederick unslings a shotgun from behind his back and just kind of like pushes you out of the way, pushing on your stomach, obviously, because he's so small. And then uh, <laughs> we'll take a shot. Would you like me to give you a piggyback? <laughs> Hilarious. And he hits it with extreme success immediately. <laughs> oh, just like looking sideways, not even looking. Ooh. Hilarious. Back. This is payback for last session, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not allowed to roll well uh, for too many shots in a row. Mm. The electricity discharges, creating a small zapping force in the area around it. I'm going to assume that Eudora has been dragged a bit further away, but definitely more and Frederick and maybe Hasina, depending on whether she's standing next to them or whether to Tenzin and Eudora. I think she's over by Eudora, I would say. Lose one hit point, please. Okay. Also, Eudora has been losing one hit point a day. No, that's not Eudora. Timor has losing one hit point a day because of the poisoning. Ah, okay. So, So and it's been three days. But we also don't we also recover every day. Yeah, exactly. But you just lost an extra one, so you're going to recover, not recover this one time. You need to be healed. I'm down to twelve. I was the same. So also down to 12. Do we have the same hit points? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a 13 boy. Oh, uh, yeah, me too. Whoop, whoop. Woohoo. Uh, and Frederick also lost one being zapped. But then after that, 
the machine seems to deactivate and the balls are there with the mysterious plants in them, waiting for you to grab them and potentially clean them. Can we safely empty this stuff out, Tenzin? As long as uh, you don't touch them or ingest them, it should be okay. <laughs> I look down at the bowl I'm already holding like... <laughs> it burns. He's half slurped up. I think Hasin is going to hitch up her skirt a bit and sort of cover her hand with her skirt before she picks up her bowl. Yep. I mean, yeah. Just don't touch the plants. Okay. Just in yeah. case. I guess we'll pour the stuff out carefully and maybe rinse them out a little bit with water from canteens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, Timur will very carefully wrap them, put them back in his backpack, and then taking like some rope or something or, you know, or a piece of cloth or something, he will tie the two straps of his backpack across his chest so that nobody mm-hmm. could pull the damn backpack off him. Next time he's going flying. <laughs> Next time I go for a ride. <laughs> okay. It takes a few more minutes for Tenzin to continue his process. Eudora, can you first roll me 2d6, please? Mm-hmm. Six and four, that's ten total. You can almost hear the light that comes from Tenzin's hands. As a bright kind of almost explosion occurs around Tenzin and Eudora. You hear some white noise and then you hear an exhale. You see Tenzin collapse into the ground and Eudora, you feel fully healed back to 10 points. And well. Holy Moses! Whoa! <laughs> Tenzin looks exhausted. He's just there, like, I'm oh, sorry, I just need a moment. Eudora! Good lord, I feel. I feel fit as a fiddle! What's happened to this chap? And yet, Eudora's hair has turned white. Really? Yeah. Like, fully white? Yeah. She's gone through, like, the uh, Beauty and the Beast animation at the end <laughs> where he transforms a whole lot of light, and her hair's white, huh? I guess she's like tugging it in front of her eyes, like, well, that's new. <laughs> I guess it was quite a shock. Tenzin, are you all right? Oh, yes, I'll be, I'll be okay. Is there anything I can do for you? I, I have some skill with first aid. I'm not hurt, I'm just tired. I will recover in time. Dear fellow, here, let me give you a hand up. I don't know how to thank you. I feel amazing. I honestly, she's um, she's actually holding a locket in her hand, um, which she snaps shut. Um, from over there, I I thought I'd never see Charles again. I, uh, what a day it's been. But thank you. Thank you so much. He bows. He says, well, uh, we mustn't delay much longer. We have a mission. Frederick is probably looking at plants and not even noticing who she's talking to. And he's just like, yes, yes, you're welcome. Uh, great tea, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Didn't witness any of the magic since he did it. Oh, yeah, I guess um, maybe a sanity from everyone. Oh, Speaking don't do magic. that to me. If I lose a sanity, I'm having another bout. Oh, boy. You're cruel. <laughs> 
Oh, I failed. Of course I failed. Oh, apparently I did see. <laughs> I passed. 98. Oh no! Mm. Uh, 1d3, I'll say. What about, so 1d3, okay. Oh, well, of course, that's a three. So, oh, you too. Amazing. Is anyone indefinitely insane? No, I'm still not there because I had a I had a high sun. One. I'm getting closer though, but I think uh, so. That means I'm having another bout, right? Uh, yep. Do you want a d10 from me? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a ten. So, what you saw was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. You cannot comprehend it. But you almost felt the healing power in that light. You have developed photomania, which is a pathological desire for light. You're kind of like a moth, moth now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Team moth. You, you, you crave what Eudora must have experienced in that light, and you wish for it yourself more than anything. You look around trying to find the source of light you can uh, engulf yourself in i would like it noted that that is uh, timor's third uh long-standing phobia or mania so <laughs> timor has a lot going on he does You're like lucky so far we haven't encountered any rats since uh that's true Jean but yeah. at some point if we call in a favor i'm assuming <laughs> yeah. i'm just gonna fall to the ground gibbering it's <laughs> <laughs> true at least he's not eating corpses. What if it's a flaming rat that's screaming really loudly? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Holding a light bulb. I love yeah. it and I right. hate it. Oh! <laughs> that's a fine line between pleasure and pain. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no light around you, so you find yourself deep in despair. I will, I will sort of take myself close to, um, to Tenzin. And so my, yeah, you can my, do it again. <laughs> so like, so my, yeah, so my, are you okay? It's kind of like, uh, yes. Uh, well, let me know when your strength is back. Uh, can I help you? Can I carry your bag? <laughs> I, uh, it, what you did to us, it was beautiful. Ah, ah, well, I could help, and I, I had no, no reason not to. I, uh, thank you for helping my friend, and. uh should you recover, if uh, you have any more of that, I would be very interested to experience it. <laughs> he then turns to Eudora and says, I'm sorry about the disfigurement. You see, all healing magic has a price to pay. It suits her. Eudora... <laughs> Aww. Um, she winks at Timur. She's taking a... Uh... A polite sip from the cup of mystery tea that Frederick gave her. Um, so she sets it down. Mm, very good. Thank you. Um, that's all right, Tenzin. Um, honestly, uh, it was going to be coming any day now and uh, a small price to pay, I think. I, I don't think I'll die it. I rather like it. It doesn't look bad, to be honest. It's very dramatic. Uh, there's probably more than this, but I guess it's difficult to tell with all this clothing. I suppose we'll find out. Oh, I'm steady on. <laughs> what do you mean more than this? Are you, say, are you saying the curtains match the drapes? <laughs> <laughs> he points at her neck and you see there's like a red 
lightning bolt, like a red mark of skin kind of coming up into your neck. Oh no. And <laughs> Okay, Eudora scurries into one of the huts. <laughs> yeah, by herself. Attempts to shut the door if there is a door. You're very comfortable in this like dangerous base. Yeah, we need no, to get I'm out not. of here, people. Freaked out. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just go behind a bush or something. <laughs> There's no bushes. We've established. I'm sorry. This. I'm getting naked in this shed, regardless. <laughs> I'll be just a minute. <laughs> Cena's gonna run after her and knock on the door. <laughs> just a okay, occupado. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just tearing at a couple of buttons. Like, I want to know how, how far this uh, red, like, I'm, is, am I just like a mess of red lines underneath? It looks like the lightning has kind of covered your skin. Okay. And it's kind of like Don't a badass tattoo all over your body. Okay, I love that. Unicorn's a little freaked out, but stiff up a lip and all that. So oh she looks like a superhero. <laughs> oh yeah, better start levitating and throwing lightning bolts. Okay. Well, she's gonna button up and open the door with as much composure she can muster. <clears throat> Not to worry. Small price to pay, what? In, uh, can everyone roll me a uh, spot hidden or listen roll? Way out. Spot hidden success. Success, spot hidden. Uh, Timor passed, Shen did not. Uh, what did he pass? Spot, uh, both, because they're both the same. Okay. Those that passed listen, start hearing a faint buzzing coming from the distance. And those who passed spot hidden see a phosphorescent light coming from the distance. We need to leave now. Timo, oh. don't look that way. <laughs> don't, don't look at the light, Timo. <laughs> it is. Stay away from the light. It is quite attractive, but we should leave, yes? Yes, we'll run now. Okay, well, you start running. I I might watch a little longer. We're not leaving you behind, Timora. Step out of it, man. Okay. There appear to be more than one. Okay. Sort of reluctantly walk backwards, trying to keep my eyes on the light for as long as possible. We must hurry. <laughs> they are fast. I'm going to grab the backpack that you've now strapped to yourself on both sides and haul. <laughs> I have a movement of eight as well, so I'm going to drag okay, you over. Okay, it's okay. Do you think if I shot the light that it would still shine? I'm also snatching Purdy back. <laughs> you can waste your own damn bullets. Hasina's going to grab Shen Shu's hand and start running off in the right direction because she'd figure that Timur would follow Shen Shu. Uh, Come on, Timur. We've stayed here too long. I agree. Come with us. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> But he'll sort of look longingly over his shoulder as we run away. Oh, bless. You continue your journey. And you travel. You get a chance to talk to each other again. Uh, get to know Frederick a bit more, perhaps. Uh, this is a good opportunity to have any other discussions amongst you, if you'd like to. I believe it would be a good idea for us to work out the terms of our agreement for this travel. <laughs> How do you all feel about escorting me and keeping me secure? throughout our travels in Tibet, and uh, upon leaving Tibet, we can part ways. In return, I will help guide you. How many expeditions have you lost in your previous four expeditions? Just the one. Oh, that's a 75% success rate. <laughs> we already covered that. 
<laughs> but I like you making sure he's keeping his story straight. <laughs> There's three. Should... No, no. <laughs> yeah. Three. Wait, no. One. <laughs> yes, just the one. When you said you'd lost your companion, is the rest of your camp still there? Was it just the people who've gone? Or all their tents and supplies? No. No. Everything was missing. Hmm. Are you saying they moved on without you? <laughs> Is it possible they just didn't like you very much? <laughs> they were trying to tell you something? You have to understand, I was the whole reason they were there. Why would they leave without me? Doesn't make any sense. Yes. Oh. There's a lot of things that don't make any sense these days. Yes, and I must ask, why are you all so calm about that man summoning light from his hands? You get used to these things. He is, uh, one of many strange things we have encountered in recent months. We have business here, in the jungle, specifically in the Valley of the White Ape. If you can help us find that, then we will do our best to escort you out of this place into somewhere more civilized. But our business must be completed before we leave. We'll do our best to keep you safe. Duh. Very well. Guide in return for security. I think we may have some surprises in store for you. I did ask earlier if you're superstitious, and, um, well, I think I can safely say that we all are at this point, however we started. The glowing hands is going to be the least of it. You wait and see. Well, he's already seen the sort of brain jellyfish. He doesn't seem at all phased, though. It's like, well, they're not plants. I think they're Oh, and they're weird creatures in this part of the forest. Exactly. I don't know what kind of birds they have to bet. <laughs> Just last time I came here, I discovered three different kinds, three new kinds of uh, species of flower and a kind of bird, which I named after my wife. Uh, this one I might name after myself, in fact. Uh, anyways, here, uh, please sign the dotted line. I've written up a contract. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah, he'll write up a contract. Oh my God, I love it. Uh, Tenzin will take the opportunity to Welcome, Frederick. He will. He tells you, I have seen you in my dreams, and I suspect you have had some yourself. You know you are meant to join us, and I suggest you join the ritual, for it is your journey and your ultimate fate to save the world. Shall I begin teaching you the chant? The more, the merrier. Is this a cult? No. <laughs> no, yes, but <laughs> listen, just consider the chanting one of your quite few duties until our business is concluded. We don't have that much further to go, and then we're all yours until you leave to bed. Hmm? Do you speak any of the local language? Yes, and he'll begin rattling off sentences and sentences in Tibetan. That's very oh. useful. We don't. But can you say, this is my bicycle? <laughs> I'll be adding this ritual thing to the contract, of course, but uh, sure, in case it won't hurt. Okay, he's going to start teaching you the ritual. It's in Tibetan. Easy. Since you know Tibetan, you can get a bonus die in your roll. Thanks. Can you roll me a d8 and then a hard intelligence with a bonus die? Yes, I rolled four, and intelligence. Oh, extreme success, 04. 
Yeah, you memorize it very well. I remember this ritual. After four days. So you let's say you travel for another four days, uh, Nox schools. It is the 27th of March, 1924. Mm. It is a Thursday. At the third beep, it will be... <laughs> 13, 17. Boop. Boop. <laughs> As you make it nearer and nearer your destination, you get same dreams as you had before but now after the ritual after the clouds clear you see more Asina you're standing by a lakeshore a terrible storm rages all around you the gale force wind whips and tears at your hair and clothes and you can barely hear the sound of chanting above the roaring thunder but when the chanting stops so does the storm the clouds clear to reveal a shining rainbow that starts and ends in the waters of the lake. The air is filled with the sound of soothing birdsong. You know that you and all your loved ones are now safe. Eudora, you find yourself and your companions at the School of Archaeology in Peking. You are sitting together on the floor, warm against each other. In the air, you hear a familiar voice tell the tale of the travels of Marco Polo, and the words fill you with joy. You look up at the mysterious reader and your husband, Charles, as beautiful and healthy as ever. He looks up at you, winks, before he keeps reading. You glance outside the window. In the distance, you see three figures, dressed in all-concealing hooded dark blue robes. The figures wave to you and then disappear. Timor? You're in the Hermitage Museum in Petrograd, which is standing strong. Around you, your companions, but also your daughter, Manya, who is overjoyed to see you. You all sing and dance to the songs you listened to growing up, and for the first time, you feel truly free. But you're aware that you're being watched. You turn to look over your shoulder and see in the distance three figures, dressed in all-concealing hooded dark blue robes. They wave and then disappear. Frederick, you're sitting on a beach under the light of a waxing moon, surrounded by your traveling companions, the ones you lost and the ones you found. You toast one another and drink rich red wine from the ritual bowls, while Tenzin, the monk you just met, performs a ritual dance for you. Three shadowy figures dressed in all-concealing hooded dark blue robes hover on the edge of sight. When the Lama concludes his dance, the sun rises over a crystal mountain, dazzling you and filling you with a sense of happiness. You know that everything will be okay in the world. The wave the figures gave us in the dreams, was it like a sort of like a, hi, kind of wave? Oh. <laughs> like a wise and sage kind of wave, I suppose. But to clarify, there were no figures in Hasina's dream, is that right? It seems like it. Ooh, that's interesting. It is interesting. Or maybe mm. you didn't look. It's maybe. To know. If we're all emerging from... Sorry, were these daytime visions or dreams? Dreams. Okay. Well, then in the morning, knowing that... Because we've been exchanging them this whole trip, you mm -hmm. know, like more of those dreams last night. Um, she's going to be watching Frederick carefully just to see if he seems at all rattled. Frederick has probably had visions before, but he dismissed them as nightmares. Okay. Well, your daughter doesn't know that. Yeah. She's looking to see if he's rattled. Is he just, you know, same old, same old. Business as usual for Frederick. He's not any more convinced or whatever. Yep. All Inspecting right. plants. 
I can't see anything past that moustache. You could be thinking anything. <laughs> you make it to your destination, but you can't find the area to the hidden place. It must be shrouded by the dense mists all around you. Can everyone roll spot hidden, please? Well, can certainly have a go. Hard success. Uh, just succeeded for Timur. I fumbled. And, oh, oh no! <laughs> I think that's an extreme for Shenchi. Normal success for Hasina. Ah, oh, a fumble. In the mist, you can't see very clearly, Frederick. So you're stumbling around a bit more than others, and you stumble onto Eudora and find yourself trying to hold on to something, but it's very inappropriate. But steady on. Don't know each other that well. Well, uh, my my pardons. Uh, He'll step back and disappear into the mist. Forever. Never to be seen again. Time for backup investigation. Like Homer sinking back through the hedge. <laughs> <laughs> Frederick's in the mist instead of gorillas in the mist. <laughs> People who pass spot hidden. Your attention is drawn to rainbows ringing one of the half dozen or so waterfalls in the valley. Can I get a, a roll of Buddhism or a cult for anyone who has it? Uh, I've got a little bit of law Buddhism. Six points in Buddhism. I've got 17. Oh no. Did you fumble? Yeah, that's a God. straight up 100. Oh, no. oh man. Oh, I didn't pass either. Pause. You've accidentally erased Buddhism. It no yeah. longer exists. I've ruined it. They don't like you it press anymore. the delete button, it's just gone. Didn't back up her work. <laughs> didn't say Buddhism to the cloud. Yep. No. <laughs> That's missed in this case. Eudora, you're convinced that rainbows are evil and you're terrified <laughs> that they're going to lead you to your death to oh, no. sanity. Okay, like I had a weird dream about them somehow. <laughs> that feeling. <laughs> I shiver. I don't like it here. Tenzin says, we must search near the waterfall with a rainbow. Surely not. The presence of a rainbow is a most suspicious sign. It's showing us the way forward. Eudora is making frantic movements like behind Tenzin's head at the others, like uh, mm -mm, Ixnay on the rainbow ray. This guy's lost it. He's leading us to our deaths. <laughs> Again. <laughs> well, we know that. <laughs> how, uh, how big are these waterfalls? Various sizes. I guess there's a dozen of them, so. This, this is what I came here looking for. Amazing. Tenzin starts heading towards the waterfall with a rainbow. I run after him. Why does everyone else do? Reluctantly bring up the rear, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Follow on. Are you okay, Eudora? I mean, rainbows are caused by light, and light is good. Very beautiful. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Not all light is created equal, <laughs> Timur. I just no, have a I, bad feeling about this place. I know that. You got the very good light. But still, it's a rainbow. Oh, well, I just don't trust them. All right? Just keep your eyes open. That's all I'm saying. Always. I think that would be wise generally. Near the waterfall, you search around and you identify a narrow pathway leading behind the cascade into a small cave. Its walls are painted with rainbows and primitive drawings of white apes. More rainbows. 
<laughs> are you entering the cave? Hang on a minute. Are you, are you asking us whether we're entering a cave behind a waterfall? Damn straight we are. Absolutely. It's a cave behind a waterfall. There'll yeah. be a treasure chest back there. That's what video games have taught me. <laughs> or the bat cave. Or a bat cave. A tunnel at the rear of the cave stretches out into the darkness. Tenzin says, This must be the hidden door to the tent we have been seeking. It will require some crouching to enter the tunnel. No one is... Uh, over size 80, right? Not for me. <laughs> no one no. has size over 80. Cool. Does anyone have claustrophobia? Size of, oh, hang on. Size over 80. Sorry, I misheard that. No, I'm 70. I'm okay. No claustrophobia is amongst us, I believe. Mm-hmm. No mm. rats, loud noises, no. and I really, really want to get it on with some light. If there's any rainbows <laughs> back there, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> More rainbows. Uh, do we all enter the tunnel? I think oh, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ragging our bags and stuff behind us, I guess. Most of you quite crouched, others less so. You enter the tunnel and start moving forward. After a short while, you become aware that you're no longer passing through stone, but you're walking on a fragrant carpet of pink and white petals. They are peach blossoms. Enzin says, it's a sign. We're on the right path, my friends. Are you certain you were sure that the uh, previous ritual was a good thing? I still don't understand what happened with this, but th- this is clear. Yes, you keep talking about these rainbows in favorable terms. I don't trust it. The tunnel gradually shrinks the further you go until you're all wriggling along on your bellies. Are we able to get our bags through, or do we have to like abandon them halfway? <laughs> We're not abandoning them. <laughs> okay. Wiggle, wiggle, push, push. After what seems like an interminable amount of time, you emerge into a strangely lit valley ringed by high peaks. The skies are dark purple, split frequently with sickly green lightning, while the low growl of a distant thunder echoes across the valley. A heart shaped lake can be seen in the center of the valley. Its surface stirred by a cold wind that seems to come from every direction at once. This view before you appears to be a version of the Thangus scene you saw in the monastery. That's what I was going to ask, heart-shaped lake. Yeah. What is this place? The ritual bowls that you're carrying begin to vibrate with an eerie, discordant, keening tone. Very different from the sound they emitted in proximity to lightning outside the valley. Tenzin turns to you and says, We must hurry. The gates of Agatha are almost open. There is not a moment to lose. Follow me. What is going on? The Lama leads you down to a flat, sandy area by the lake shore, where he begins to empty out the context of his bulging satchel. Water skin. Water skins, pots of various sizes, some leather pouches, and the other various ritual elements. As he does so, he says, Please prepare the area by sweeping it with the branches of fir and hemlock. Well, uh, you know about plants. Which one's the hemlock? (laughs) This one. (laughs) Ah, that was easy. (laughs) He starts sweeping and a cold rain begins to fall as you do so. The Lama, once his satchel is unpacked, 
busies himself collecting driftwood from along the lakeshore. I can't believe we've come all of this way and I'm still sweeping. <laughs> Something's never changed anymore. Uh, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. It's a vocation. Some... Yes, always useful mm. skills. Once the ritual area has been cleaned, Tenzin draws a large triangle in the sand, with one of its sides running parallel to the water's edge. Good. Now, please, friends, set three fires, one at each of the triangle's points, using the driftwood I have collected. Righto. Alright. Get the old uh, tinderbox out, lighter, whatever we use in this decade. The falling rain doesn't prevent the wood from catching a light, although the fires do sizzle and pop as the raindrops hit them, sending little plumes of smoke into the swirling winds. The flames climb higher as the llama throws handfuls of juniper and fur into the fires to purify the ritual space you have created. As the aromatic smoke snakes around you, Tenzin asks you for the ritual bowls. Very carefully unwrap them and pass them to him. He mutters a brief prayer over them and then hands one to each of you before taking a bowl for himself, indicating that you should follow his example. He fills his bowl halfway with water from the lake and then places it onto one of the fires to heat. Follow suit, I reckon. Yep, do as he does. We're looking to have two bowls on each fire, essentially? Yeah. Once the bowls okay. are warming, he adds black tea into each of them and leaves them to come to the boil. Throughout, he is careful not to set foot inside the triangle of fires. Try to avoid entering the triangle as well, he advises. While the tea brews, Tenzin begins your initiation ceremony. Timur, Hasina, please make us as much noise as you can with your instruments. Drum okay. solo starts. I'm going to play this bone flute. He leaves chanting and fetches some water from the lake. He offers some from his hands, since there are no other bowls, to each of you giving you a symbolic sip from his hands before touching each of your forehead, throat and heart with each of the three gao he usually wears around his neck. Finally, he holds them along in front of each of your faces, but not close enough for you to see through it. Your empowerment is now complete, he says, and then hands you a translation of the ritual's key steps. Please read this now and prepare yourselves. Once the tea is ready, the llama carefully removes the bowls from the flames and beds them in the sand to cool. You are welcome to handout number two. Uh, so the handout says, to close the gate. First, the ground must be cleansed and purified with smoke and fire to remove all obstruction, both material and spiritual. It should be remembered that the scent of fir and juniper is most pleasing to the gods. And as the goddess has three attendants, let there be three fires arranged as a triangle. Second, once the land is ready, the keel core must be inscribed within the consecrated space by the holy staff. Third, those who are to partake in the ritual must then arrange themselves outside the shisa and drink deep of the five nectars and eat of the five meats 
so that their senses are truly free to call upon the goddess and her consorts. Fourth, those who are blessed to summon the spirits must play their instruments, while the one chosen to lead the sacrifice proclaims the mantra that will draw down the goddess and her attendants. With eyes half closed, the supplicants build the image of what is to come in their minds, willing it into being with each breath and thought. Fifth, when the mantra ends and the instruments have fallen silent, the one chosen by the goddess to be her avatar must envisage leading the sacrifice to the centre of the keel core and laying him on his back with his head towards the east. The sacrificed must be willing. His gift will be of no use if he does not gladly offer himself up. The chosen one must imagine drawing the five sacred seed syllables Om, Hri, Hum, Drang and Ah onto the offering's crown. His tongue, his heart, his secret place and the soles of his feet with mustard paste so that his spirit will reincarnate in the realm of the gods in recognition of the purity of his selfless act. Sixth, taking the blade of the Dakinis, the avatar must then picture themselves slashing open the sacrifice's belly and pulling out his entrails, which they and their companions should use to bind him in a kneeling position, face towards the east. After the offering is bound, the petitioners will call into being the goddess's attendants, three spirits, each hungry and watchful. Seventh. Now the avatar must assume the goddess's form, and seizing the victim by his hair, imagine slicing off his head with one clean stroke. All should now see the indestructible drop, no more than the size of a mustard seed, red below, white above, the sacrifice's most precious gift rise from his severed throat and float towards the three guardians. They cannot make use of its power yet, though, for first these guests must feast. Eighth, the goddess incarnates and her supporters must now visualize tossing the victim's head to one side, but still within the bounds of the keel core, or else the ritual will fail. Then separating his body into blood, bone, flesh and organs, placed in the seven sacred bowls that sing without voice. These bowls, overflowing with the five poisons of desire, anger, ignorance, pride and jealousy, are now ready to present to the spirits for their sustenance. The avatar and her supporters must picture the spirits descending on the bowls like vultures at a sky burial, gorging themselves until sated on this, the sacrifice's last gift, so that they, and he, may be purified. Sanctified, the Guardians may now be seen to approach the indestructible drop, whose power is the key to close the gate. In this ritual, you must help me offer myself as a sacrifice, says Tenzin. And this is where we're going to end today's episode. Wow. Oh. What? In the hell. Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicles, Hal, Lydia, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You've all been the best. A big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, please consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash where you get access to episodes a week early. 
We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our Cold Elder and Avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at sazarai.com. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, let's take a moment to read one of our latest reviews. If you'd like your own review read out on the show, go to sazarai.com forward slash reviews, where you can find links to all the platforms you can rate us on. Jamuna Magnet said, Immersive and enjoyable, just the right combination of story, roleplay and humor. It's a fine introduction to Call of Cthulhu. Thank you, Jam. 